0: Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take coffee, shoes, and socks and run you.
1: I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. And I'm Jordan Morris, boy detective. And this is Jordan. Jesse, go! friendly, <laughs> free.
2: La 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 la, la.
1: This week on Jordan Jesse Go, just when you think things are about to turn sexy, they turn well, not sexy. Let's go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I am Jesse Thorne <clears throat> America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Beautiful evening in Los Angeles following a beautiful day. Did you get outside at all?
3: Uh, no I uh, I actually just flew in from uh, Las Vegas this morning. And have spent the entire day up till now in complete darkness, <laughs> so as not to uh, so as not to you don't uh, offend even... my senses, which are very delicate right now. Gotcha.
1: Oh, I, I apologize. I don't. If I speak too loud or if I make any upsetting sudden movements, just let me know. Okay. I got a little bit of a sunburn. Yeah, I noticed the, that walking the dog. I got a little bit of a sunburn.
3: Yeah want you do do but did you get outside you walk the dog? we got outside did you walk him any place out of the ordinary or is this just your standard walk?
1: Well, I got two dogs, and they're both girls mm-hmm.
3: um I'm sorry i miss uh I said the gender of your dog. Hey, look, I feel like people shouldn't give you shit for dogs and babies saying that the gender is wrong. I called someone's girl baby a boy, the other I'm like oh what's what's he up to, and they're like, it's a she, I don't know is that am i a, I'm being a jerk right? who's the jerk them or me
1: you're you're a jerk. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Now, babies don't even use their
3: gender, though. How do babies (laughs) use their gender? Like peeing. Oh, they just do it in a diaper, though. They don't even do it in a toilet. They're so like (laughs) the gender of a baby is so unimportant. (laughs) I should be able to call the baby he or she or it, and it should be fine. Would you say that
1: grandpa's genders don't matter? You could call it grandpa grandma because he,
3: he doesn't have sex and he pees in his diaper. Well, grandpas like different shit than grandmas. All babies like key jingling. And boobs. And boobs. Yeah. But, like, grandpa likes the History Channel, whereas our, grandma does not.
1: Our confused guest on the program this week, uh, you know him, of course, from his hit television program, Web Soup on the G4 TV network uh you know him from his uh beloved podcast, the Nerdist. uh you know him as uh one of our most frequent past guests, both here on George Jesse Go and on The Sound of Young America, and an old and true friend of ours, uh the hilarious Mr. Chris Hardwick gentlemen how are you sir
4: i uh, I was marveling at, you know. You know, Jordan's cadence was crazy talk, but his words made a lot of sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <That's laughs> a, that was Thank so you. Weird. So I was <laughs> like I was just wanted to like, wait a oh, he's kinda right. <laughs> a baby's gender doesn't matter. And for the first, you know, year of its life, yeah, yeah, I think so. Jordan has the
1: affect of a nonsense talker. In Your
4: dogs, words. however, should have been scissor fucking uh, <laughs> in
1: the streets. My dogs do. Uh, my dogs do a fuck
4: like thing, <laughs> which is I like. You know, I like. You know, what's funny? Like when a dog starts humping something, people always feel. Like, they have to explain it to you, so they'll go, oh, 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 uh, it's a she and she's fixed. She's just doing that for dominance. Like, I don't give a shit why she's doing it. She's pumping that... That taco you dropped into the ground. <laughs> well, what,
1: what my dogs do is uh, I have two girl dogs, Coco and Sissy, and they like to sort of wrestle f- again for dominance. I think you're you're right, or that fictional person, that straw man that you created is mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm.
3: And uh, I when, don't buy it. I still feel like even if they're fixed, it feels good on their genitals. Actually, <laughs> and they shouldn't be doing. I'm it.
4: thinking. <laughs> you ready for the show? I'm going to pitch. Yeah, L-word puppies.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right. <laughs> it's another extension of the L word franchise.
4: Exactly, except they're puppies and they they live life out loud and they wrestle and they, <laughs> and they have Chris.
3: Uh, uh, in their second season, can they get a little dirty? <laughs> It can get
4: a little dirty in the second season. They isn't have that to the be new Isn't stemmy, that the new? Though. They can't be too butch. Yeah. Yes, yes. And there'll be ton of there'll be a ton of bad pun jokes like let's get some <laughs> pussy, you know, like stuff like that. <laughs> oh, they would chase a cat. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's going to be But then perform oral sex on its at, vagina. at the same time, actually to to, oh, they'd also do interspecies to confuse stuff you. Yeah, yeah, just to confuse you uh-huh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Well, if I can get back to talking about An adorable thing that my dogs do Wait,
3: has anybody watched The L Word? Or are we just all, is this all just based on billboards? Right I've, seen, I've seen a few episodes of The L Word
4: Okay what, uh, What's it like? Um, well, it's, it's, you know, it's, I don't know It just seemed like a show to me I didn't really feel one way or the other about it I was like, oh yeah, that's a, pretty, that's a good show I don't
1: like the Showtime television programs
4: Dexter, you don't like Dexter? I, no, I haven't watched Dexter. All right.
1: I, 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 from what I hear, Dexter is the best of the bunch. Yeah,
3: Dexter's Dexter's a lot of fun. There's a plenty of it on the old Netflix on demand. I
1: don't watch it because uh, oh, you might I, be I'm, upset by the murder. Yeah, I'm not into the murder. Mm. I mean, I I think I could probably handle it, but it's it's unappealing enough But to They me deserve that... it. <laughs> yeah. Um, He's a serial killer who kills killers. But there's a certain tone with those programs. I watched a fair. It
3: is amount weird of- that his catchphrase is "Let's get some pussy," though. Yeah, that is weird. <laughs> but
4: right before he drives a scalpel into someone's, it chest. is. Stri- but
3: that's I guess every Showtime
4: show. That's I mean, just- not to spoil it for you. Sorry. And
3: it's weird
1: that they would have such a gifted actor portray a dog.
4: <laughs> yeah. I don't know why he especially has to say, especially
1: without a costume. I don't CGI. know. Why, I don't know why he
4: has to cut a line in the middle of someone's sternum and say, "I'm going to fuck your chest pussy." Like I don't <laughs> know if that's. I don't know why you have to do that.
1: But that's the thing about a Showtime show that I dislike a little bit, which is I watched a couple of episodes of Nurse Betty because I thought, "Well, that, that Edith, Nurse Jackie, Nurse Jackie." There you go. Nurse, <laughs> Nurse Betty, <laughs> the television show Being based on starring
4: Eve Arden <laughs> in the um, 1950s.
1: I watched some episodes of. Weeds, and I I watched probably too many episodes of Weeds, frankly, Mm -hmm. and I watched some episodes of Nurse Jackie, and I think I watched an episode of The United States of Terra. And I haven't yet brought myself to watch the William H. Macy one because I'm worried because I love William H. Macy so much.
4: Now, Shameless to me was I'd never watch an episode of it either because it just too, looked too much. Like, you know, it's, it's a problem for me and it might be a great show. You know, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, an, I'm a very nerdy and so I'm very judgmental on things and uh, like the Internet is just based on very little information. Like that's right. that's what we do. But when I when I saw the trailers for Shameless which is that, they is that what, literally raped your brain with on is that Showtime. Is you wrote
1: fag on my forehead earlier?
4: No, no 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 no. No, that's because I was deep inside you at the time and gotcha. I was trying, trying, gotcha. trying to put it off on you and gotcha. f- it was really my problem. Gotcha. It was a whole raft of issues that yeah, you, exactly. you have yet to deal with. Exactly. So uh but all all but, but what's irritating about a show is when you can see it being pitched in a room in your mm. head where you're like This show's gonna be fucking crazy. You think... (laughs) You know what? You think some of the other shows have dirtbag protagonists. You have not seen Shayma. Everyone's... it's like, come on, really? The daughter is that super hot, and she's a complete slut, and she's... Like, they live in a hovel with all these kids. Like, it's just too much about it just seemed like, this right. is
1: This is what I didn't like about uh, the shows that I did watch.
3: Oh, wait. Can we include Californication in this oh, yes. list of
4: There's like, another yes. one you Disasters. can see. That's another one where you can see the pitch where Duke Company was like, I mean, he may not have pitched the show, so I might be making this up. Yeah. Right. Uh, okay, here's the show. Uh, I'm a very famous writer, and every girl wants to fuck me.
3: Yeah. Right, yeah, because there's nothing that like like fucking Sunset Strip L.A. babes love more than a famous writer. Yeah, they like, love them.
4: They love literary. And it's not
3: like he's going around like Portland fucking girls who work in coffee shops. Like maybe that's reasonable.
4: Like maybe <laughs> you know but, we were like, talking about Neil Gaiman earlier. He yeah. could not set foot on the Sunset Strip without being coated in vaginas. Right. <laughs> exactly. Because L.A. ladies love writers. Love them.
3: Yeah. The 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 women fucking him in this are prob are the same types of women and probably even. Some of the same actresses that fuck the Entourage guys, like it's it's like seems
4: like well yeah they they want their vaginas to feel smart so they put writers in them right sure like it's like they fuck the Entourage guys and then and then Hank Moody the writer and so I just see I just see the pitch and then him going yeah so I fuck I fuck I fuck all these women and they're like which women all of them all
3: wait, everyone, everyone that appears on them. camera every
4: single one that comes in the camera yeah I'm I'm gonna fuck her.
3: Really? Like maybe there will be a wait- There will be a waitress uh, in a scene that I can't fuck immediately
4: just because of time constraints. I will fuck her later in the season. I mean, you like- can guarantee that if you see if there is a woman on the show, I'm going to be inside of her. You- it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Every woman on the show. So, just the idea that literally every woman he comes in contact with is are the hottest woman. Could. Like, yeah. How, when you think about how often do Chris, you see Chris, you the-
1: don't go to a lot of book readings. I mean, I think that's oh, I your problem. Oh, true. If you go to a reading, if you're at Stories in Echo Park... Or if I need
4: to go to City Lights books or yeah, something. Yeah, if you go to City
1: Lights in San Francisco, you take a look around, what do you see? You see, the- You see crazy hot
4: chicks... Spiked heels.
1: Showing right. their tits. Right, sure. <laughs> yep. Just really low cut. It's like a fucking. It's like a crazy hot. It's like a deaf leopard. Just video. popping
4: birth control pills back in nonfiction. <laughs> <laughs> yep, they love it. Uh. They love it.
1: There is this thing on these programs, and I watched like well, because that that Duchampney show came out right after uh, right after the TV set. That I loved the oh, TV yeah, set yeah. so much. I, what a movie. And I had just been watching Larry Sanders, uh, uh, on which I think I would say uh, David Duchovny's uh, series... Uh, his, David Duchovny's recurring guest appearances are maybe the best guest appearances I've ever seen by Oh, when he was on Larry Sanders? Set, yes. Yeah, and
4: absolutely. He had the gay crush on Larry Sanders. C- yes. Yeah, where he yeah, really in the robe funny. and the... But I think Californication, and I'll, I'll I'll justify the logic on this. Californication is Hannah Montana for middle-aged men. <laughs> and, and here's what I mean by Proceed. that. Proceed. Here's what I mean, like that. Um, the, Hannah Montana ushered in a. Uh, a subgenre of television programming that the networks refer to as aspirational. In other words, when little girls watch Hannah Montana, they watch because they want to be Hannah Montana, and they aspire to be. Oh, I'm a rock star with a secret identity. Same thing with middle aged men. All the middle aged men are like, Yeah, yeah, i I can fuck every. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and
3: that's, and, yeah. and and you know what? That's and that's a good point. And I think something that really speaks to that is that. I mean, obviously, Duchovny just acts awful in the show, but at the end of every episode, his like estranged daughter just gives him the, like the arms crossed. Oh, Dad, I love you, anyways. Look, so it's yeah. like it's like yeah, it is for all the divorced dads out there. It's like I could, but like I'm not, I'm not a deadbeat dad. Like, oh, dark, dude. Do you even think though I vomited in my girlfriend or my daughter's bedroom while I was. Do you think fucking it's gonna somewhere. be? Do you think
4: it's gonna be? Su- they're gonna take a super like dark turn where he fucks his daughter, <laughs> like he gets really drunk and fucks his daughter, and then it just takes this really aw- awfully awkward.
3: I mean is that any weirder than the weeds turn that it took when she started like fucking the Mexican drug cartel guy?
4: That was such a bizarre, you know, the show started off it, I mean it was such a fun concept when it started of it just like It was just kind of a fun wi- you know widow Neeland kind needs to make of show money, sure. and then all a of, of suddenly nice turned
1: racist
4: Yes, and then it turns into this insane like yeah. d- like drug drama.
1: It's insane uh, okay so the thing that i don't like about this i got sucked into the uh californication because i wanted to love david duchovny yep. and i still oh, i'm still not against david duchovny because i've loved him in some other things oh it's,
4: he's he's I'm clearly hilarious
1: yeah
3: and, and he's not bad in that no poorly no. written shitty show like
1: no. he's to doing... be fair i think he does write some of it
4: but. <laughs> the part where he, oh yeah, you, I'm not fucking anyone in the scene. Can I can yeah. just throw that in there? It's what we call the fuck bridge, yeah.
3: Chris. I know you're not like a screenwriter. He <laughs> yeah. writes the I, fuck bridge. I, he does I, some fuck punch up. I,
1: he goes. Later. I added some notes to this script, and the producer just goes, "David, you just drew a picture of some tits on it."
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, but also that's my cock aiming at them. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> um, but the thing that I don't like about them is that they have this they're casting these marquee actors and uh and, and so forth in an effort to create uh to create this veneer of legitimacy mm-hmm. like they're confusing being for adults with being sophisticated right and they they're pitched to you as though they're these compelling character pieces yep but basically they're just they're just softcore pornography Hmm. like they're really just like the level of comic sophistication on weeds and i'm gonna be honest with you what's the name of the woman who stars in weeds um um Mary Louise Parker. Yes. I <laughs> almost
4: is... said Mary Lou Retton. <laughs> I almost said Mary Elizabeth Mastrantonio <laughs> Yeah. Um
1: Mary Louise uh, Parker is a uh, A number 1 is great on that program. She's a gifted actress and spectacularly beautiful. Um and Kevin Nealon uh is very funny on that show. Uh but basically everything else about it is horrible.
3: I feel like the thing that links all the Showtime programs is uh, the most horribly written teenager characters that have ever been on TV. Like, all the (laughs) the – they all have, like, impetuous, dark teenage characters, Duchovny's daughter, and all the weeds, kids. Like they might as well say in every scene, it's time to Twitter my Bieber
4: because there's just like all these fucking like you know, buzzwords. You know you're right. That's yeah, Absolutely yeah. true. That seems to absolutely be true. Wow. You
1: know what? I given the fact that, um, given the fact that I heard the woman who created weeds. Uh, saying that she knows how to write black characters because during the writer's strike, she played a lot of chess in the park with Mm -hmm, black mm -hmm. people.
4: Uh, (laughs) Unironically, she said this? She said this
1: unironically. Oh, God, it was so horrible. (laughs) It's like, no, lady, you're just a little bit racist.
4: Here's how how television works. And by the way, we... we, uh, I still think Californication is like uh, dream on for the 20- <laughs> yes.
3: for That's 20- exactly for what the it 2000s. is. They it's, should it's yeah, they on. should they should clean it up and put it after Married with Children. They're, reruns on TBS. I feel That's- like
1: they're pitching these shows to me as though they're the wire with tits. Right. But what they actually
4: are is dream on. Now, did I uh, this is this is the worst thing that I've ever heard in in Hollywood. Um, I was auditioning for something and I cannot remember what it was, but There was, uh, you know, a lot of times when you're auditioning for something, there's a lot of office doors, and all the walls are thin, and you can hear everything that goes on. And I heard someone pitching a show in one of the other rooms, and this was completely unironically, and and he was talking about, it was assembling a reality show cast for something, and he goes, um, yeah, uh," and then one of the other characters is like a fat black woman, but not like a fat black woman from Detroit, that's been done, like we need another kind of fat black chick. I was like, first of all, what are you talking about? Fat, we need a fat black chick, not not from Detroit, because that's been done. That's yeah. been it. What when? But what? Yeah. And then it just made me feel like fat black. This is the Tampa business. I fat black Tampa. This is the business I work yeah. in. This They're is just, the business I'm in.
1: Jordan, that pitch involves uh, it involves one of those giant notepads and just flipping back pages. Fat, fat. black. black. Tampa and
4: the word Tampa is inside the uh, the outline of the city (laughs) of 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 Florida. Yeah, Florida (laughs) with a little star on Tampa. Yeah,
1: but there's something. There's something where when I watch these programs, I feel like they're trying to trick me. Like the like if I watch a regular network television drama, I think this is stupid because almost every network television drama is very stupid. But I think. But it's not trying to trick me into thinking it's anything other than what it is. You're right
4: so you're it's okay, I get I get what you're saying. You're saying that you feel like the writing of over the top sassy characters is trying to trick people into thinking that it's intelligent writing.
1: yes, it's it's absolutely, and it's trying to k- trick people who are watching it into thinking they're watching something sophisticated. It's like it's like how everyone want you know watched the shield and thought that the key thing about the shield was that it had an anti-hero and having an anti-hero meant you were sophisticated. Now,
4: I never watched The Shield and I know that's bad because apparently people love that show, but I but but we are at a time period where most of the protagonists on television are anti-heroes. Most of <laughs> most,
3: most of the protagonists yeah, right. are
4: despicable. Dexter, Don Draper, Nurse Jackie, Modern Family, like 30 Rock, like all of the protagonists, almost all the protagonists on television right now are like or horrible people yeah. I feel yeah Maybe the only place You
3: can go for black and white Good and evil Is law and order Maybe that's the only place On Funny. TV where it exists
4: And United States of Terror I can't even I I love Toni Collette I think she's a phenomenal actress sure. But every time I see the posters And it's just like She's this character And that It just feels like A bad acting class like, Makes me <laughs> want to Shoot myself <laughs> in it the may, face. I'm, Like it might be great But it's just like Oh and then she's a trucker First of all I'm not 100% sure that's how multiple personalities work. Right. Where the, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not a psychologist. Or I'm not a psychiatrist, so maybe they I do. I think
1: in one of them, you're friendly Roseanne, and in one of them, you're angry Roseanne. That's how I understand it.
4: <laughs> right? One would be like, I just feel like her characters need to be getting more ridiculous. Like, you can just see the billboard. Like, one of them, she's in an astronaut suit. Another one, she's in an old-timey diving suit. <laughs> <laughs> and another one, she's dressed like a zookeeper with a curly yeah. mustache. <laughs> <laughs> Like <laughs> she's a chef holding some pies you know, holding a holding a pie, and yeah, and a ladle,
1: but there's yeah i mean there's the all television programs are a little bit dumb you know what it reminds me of is is when i was uh when I was a kid and I read comic books, used to enjoy reading the Spider man comic books, and uh I was born in nineteen eighty one so just as I was getting to be the egg coming towards the age of You know, being done with childish things And being sophisticated It was the early 1990s And uh, in the late 1980s and early 1990s Comic books were having their like darkness revolution, you know, like Batman Year One and all this kind of stuff. And there was this Todd comic McFarlane book... Todd
3: McFarlane was involved. Yeah.
1: There's this comic book guy called Lobo. <laughs> and Lobo was a DC comic book character that swore a lot
3: and talked about tits and stuff. Sure. Voiced in the cartoons by Macho Man Randy Savage. Oh, I didn't even know God, he was in there. God rest his soul. I
1: didn't even know he was in cartoons. But uh, it, what, what I remember from that time is... I remember even then looking at it and thinking... It being pitched to me is this incredibly like sophisticated adult take on the superhero or whatever. Like, no, this is just a superhero that swears. <laughs> like, well,
4: especially, especially now. I mean, I understand it when it when it's uh, sort of a an anti movement or a rebellion against the standard fare. But when everyone's doing it, it's like, well, it's not punk rock anymore. Yeah, it's not punk rock anymore.
1: Yeah. On the other hand, I mean, even even your networks that do. I mean, I don't know if you guys have watched the Game of Thrones television program.
4: Yes, I have been watching Game of Thrones and and that show too is, I'm 50-50 on like half the time I'm like, okay, this is a good show. And then it's like the gratuitous two women fingering each other while a guy <laughs> is narrating to them or something. I'm like, "Oh, come on. What do you you know?" Yeah, every like, yeah, I I
3: I the only thing I know about the program is the the seeing the billboards and then having the sex act that was in the program described to me the next day—that's my only <laughs> experience—is like. But it's, I mean, it sounds like they're pretty crazy sex acts. Well, there's
1: this amazing thing that happened in that show, and I—I I like it a lot actually. I really enjoy it. But um, uh, there's this thing that happened at the beginning where this woman who was a queen of something got sold to this sort of this sort of savage king man. Mm-hmm. Uh, the savage, by the way, his savage uh, his savage race is made up of people of all different races, so it's not racist.
4: And also, uh, he wears eyeliner. <laughs> yeah, he, he
1: <laughs> sure does. And um, so she gets sort of essentially sold to him, and uh, then he's he's like raping her a lot. And then, <laughs> but then, literally within three episodes, she's like all the way on his team. And oh, yeah. as far as I can tell, the like key turning point is when she learns how to fuck good. <laughs> like she's like, well, now that I can fuck good, I don't have to worry about getting raped yeah, anymore. that's
3: the, the lesson. It's just like, just learn to enjoy the rape, and then... And I'm
1: sure, look, I'm sure that there's people in our audience that read the books, and it was much more subtly subtly uh, developed in the books or something. But st- on the television program, which is as far as I'm going to go with this franchise...
4: So your me- your message basically is that if you're... <laughs> Just keep raping, and then ultimately, that seems to be the message of the show, right? And then she'll yeah. turn around.
1: Well, yeah, it's like a, it's like rape your way to goodwill.
4: Yeah, because now she's completely in love with him.
1: Yeah, she's totally on his side now.
4: Yeah, but then again, she did. Didn't she not come from a relationship where her brother was raping her too?
1: Yeah, I think that's also possible. That so her brother this was woman's so this
4: woman's and 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 surprisingly well adjusted for all the horrible things that have happened to her yeah. in she's her, got in a her real, short she's life. She's got a pretty good attitude. She- <laughs> you know, it's all about positive thinking. It's like you know, you could take, you could make lemonades. You could make, uh, you could make rapey lemonades.
3: <laughs> is that your, uh, is that your Bronx uh, motivational
4: speaker character? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's my guy, it's the character in Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. I, he, good. I, he's got. They got to add that character. Yeah. You just gotta keep. Um, <laughs> he's gotta keep at it. And
3: he's always I, just, he's constantly just punching yeah, a big thing of pizza dough, right?
4: Yeah. He's always punching pizza. Never dough. Never see the pizza get made. Yeah. Right? He's got acid-washed jeans on. Archduke, uh, Archduke Vinny. You're right. I I never, I, like, I hadn't really thought of it that way, but that's exactly what happens. That is exactly the message. I mean, he literally—he's he, he, raping her. Like, he in the first, sexually assaults her on a rock.
1: She's crying. In the first, like, two to three episodes, it's just rape after rape.
4: Yeah, and
1: in somewhat salaciously portrayed rapes as well.
3: And they're like, they're they're rapes. Uh, so is rape? The Game of Thrones is rape. Right? That's the game? No, I don't think so. Okay. I think the game... I
1: don't know. They haven't showed the game. My best guess is foosball. You mm. think it is? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's hard to say, but I would just... I guess that's I more... Said, I would have said Chinese checkers. <laughs> it's more aspirational But, on I my mean, part.
3: aren't all those little men on the foosball table kind of being raped by giant poles, if it's you true. think about it? <laughs> well, it is it is going through their sides. Yeah. Yeah, so, that's true. So what? Ha- it's not near their anuses.
1: What happens is she she is sexually assaulted. Yes. like it's on the spectrum. I mean, each one is, has its own level of rapiness. Some and, of them and they are do, sexual assault. They do
4: assault. kind of sh- try to shoot it like it's a sexy thing. And you're yeah. like, and you're sort of like, Ugh. <laughs> well, he is yeah, a savage. I'm not cool with this. Yeah, He's where's a savage the savage uh... who was who was ravaging this this very anglo queen yeah
1: who looks like a 14 year old also
4: mm. yeah that's true and she looks like she's made of
3: egg whites yes <laughs> do they do they have anachronistic sax music <laughs> <laughs> like and
1: that. then
4: it's a red Shoe diary and duchovany reads it yeah yeah right
1: <laughs> but then but then the what what changes the turning point is she talks to a whore about how to fuck good
4: yeah
3: you remember that scene, Chris. That's why she was crying. She didn't feel like she was doing a good job, Jesse. Okay. It's like she just Sorry. Not because not of the rape. So
4: because. I guess ultimately I'm 50-50 on that show. And so when I see stuff like that, I'm like, okay, I, ugh, please. you know. But then some of the other stuff, like the story stuff I think is cool. I think they ruined that show with gratuitous rape and sex. Like I think they should just stick to the – like I love Sean Bean. Sean Bean is fucking mm-hmm. awesome. And I love all the, you know, I love all the the politics within each of the families, within each of the, the regions, but...
1: What about that mayor guy from The Wire? He's on that show. Oh,
4: and Peter... Looking sneaky Peter as Dinklage? usual. Peter Dinklage. Yeah. One uh, of the greatest actors ever.
1: Uh, he's certainly the greatest actor I've ever seen at the Los Feliz Goodwill before. <laughs> really? Yeah, isn't that cool? That's awesome. Yeah, that's like my only celebrity sighting since did I someone, lived in Los did Angeles. Did someone try to
4: buy him for 12 bucks at the Goodwill? <laughs>
1: no.
3: I was on a plane with Kristen Wiig this weekend. Uh, oh, not Kristen Wiig. Kristen Bell. Sorry. Oh, ah! so, so cool! Yeah, right. Did you, you, her? you may have even
1: topped it. I don't know. That's pretty much the top two.
3: Yeah, yeah. That's the. Um, oh, and my uh, my my coworker um, was behind her uh, in the um, in the security line, and they made her take a bottle of suntan lotion out of her bag. And smeared on Kristen Bell. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and uh so she she took it out, she before she threw it away, she puts them on her hands and she turned around to my buddy and she's like, You want some of this? <laughs> oh, that was pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> was this flying back from Vegas? Uh, this was flying to
4: Vegas. Like to Vegas. Yeah,
3: jeez. Oh,
1: anyway, I it's it's that it's it's the trick element, I think, that bothers me. Kind of be the thing you are. But on the other hand, I have to say. I do enjoy nudity in television programs. I'm not gonna sit here and tell you I don't if there's gonna be some I, I enjoy when they throw in a little nudity.
4: Yep. I I'm think it's to... the, I think it's the one thing the Golden Girls sorely lacked. It's a little bit a little bit of Blanche DuBois. Uh, Blanche Devereaux. Yeah, was
3: that the first instance of the catchphrase "Let's get some pussy"? I think so. Was that the first time that ever appeared on TV?
4: Yes. Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Dorothy. I just want to get my TV yeah. history correct.
3: <laughs> we'll be back
1: in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. <laughs> <laughs>
5: It's Jordan Jesse Go.
1: I'm Jesse Thorn, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, Boy
3: Detective.
1: I'm Chris Hardwick, guest. Oh, it's great to have Chris Hardwick here from the Nerdist podcast. Of course, you know him from that hit podcast, very popular podcast, soon uh, to be television show, soon, soon to, to be, be a television television show. show on the BBC America network. Yes, that's true. Is your television program <laughs> is it going to be is it going to be structured interstitially in a uh, in a like. Uh, Dinner in a movie or DVD no. on TV type way, or is it going to be?
4: No, essentially, what's going to happen is there's there's an interstitial element to this thing called the Ministry of Laughs, where they um, the BBC America is, is importing a bunch of Britcoms. Yeah. And so the idea is that I will host the night interstitially, and then the last program of the evening will be the Nerdist show, which ah. will not be interstitial. And it will be as much, you know, so like if we have a guest whoever whoever the guest is if you know like they will sit with us for the entire show um and then uh, you'll actually get to hear the full audio as an as as a as an audio podcast you'll get the full ah, interview as an audio hmm. podcast and then you know we'll still do you know we'll still it'll still be a television show and there'll be an audience and you know we'll have a correspondent and and uh, and that sort of thing. So it, it'll it'll have television elements that we can then pull out and then release the full audio um, on as a podcast.
1: That oh, sounds fun. Should this is fun. A, they haven't. This is uh, one of their first American productions. Is it? It not? might
4: be their first. Yeah. They they have a they have like
1: an American news show. I think. Do they I feel like they have an American based news program? I might be making that. I might be making that up. Jordan,
3: you're making it up. Gotcha. Sorry, <laughs> I see. That's, I'm erased. just here to clarify. Thanks. I've been watching. A, I've been watching
1: a lot of English Antiques Roadshow lately. Yeah, sounds like. Well, it. here's the thing.
3: I've.
1: I, there's only one Antiques Roadshow per week. They have real America. antiques over
4: there, too. I know. I was just watching one. Is it this like old ladies with swords? Like, is that the...
3: <laughs> like, this
4: the is s- from the Norman invasion.
1: <laughs> That's the subtitle of it. And all the old ladies, by the way, are old ladies from Monty Python sketches. <laughs> <as demonstrated laughs> old ladies
3: with swords, swords is a fetish site. I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm it's got to be. It's got to be. Please, if you have any printed material, uh, please send it to us for there, this plug.
1: There are, some confu- there are some confusing things about the English Antiques Roadshow, because in some ways the American show is a better show. I mean, they're definitely more committed to building the drama of each segment and telling the history mm-hmm. associated with each segment. So I guess maybe it's like better segment produced or something like that. I don't know who's in, who's in charge of those things, but... You notice on the Antiques Roadshow from England that they uh, that they rarely remember to like build it up. So like, oh, what did you pay? What's it worth? Here's the big reveal. Um, but uh, number one, uh, the host is so much better than Mark L. Wahlberg, uh, the host of the American Antiques Roadshow. And as I have said before on this program, the world's worst Mark Wahlberg. Um, <laughs>
4: now, what, why do you ha- why do you hate Mark Wa- L. Wahlberg so much?
1: Because. Why is he even hosting
4: that show? He's so disinterested. (laughs) He's so disinterested in everything that's going on. Well, it's a popular show. He must be uh, doing something, right?
1: There's a lot of great things about the Antiques Roadshow. Mark L. Wahlberg is not (laughs) one of them.
4: And I'm not saying
1: that Mark L. Wahlberg is a bad television host. I mean, he was a game show host, I think, before he... uh... He did
4: warm-up for my very first MTV show, Trash. Wow. But um, that being said... You are saying that you just feel like he comes across like his heart's not in it.
1: He, yeah, he seems so distant, and is his enthusiasm feels so forced? Do you for think anything?
3: I and this, I do not watch this show. I yeah. can't picture this guy in my head. Do you think he just comes across as super fuckable to women who donate to PBS? <laughs> like, is he just like? Is, he, is he just some good? That is some good logic. Maybe I mean you know obviously public TV has to be kind of all about the that donor base. You what know? do you
4: think that they was would... huge with old women with swords? Here's yeah. the
1: thing: he doesn't have that. Alistair Cook <clears throat> fancy gentleman quality about him. He's kind of boyish. Right? He he's handsome. He's a handsome man. I would n- not say otherwise. And like I said, more or less I thought handsome. You're about but...
4: to say I would not kick him out of bed <laughs> for eating crackers.
1: Um, he's he's and and again a very competent television program uh, television program host. But he's not. Um, he doesn't have that like air of sophistication that you would imagine uh, someone might have if they were one if they wanted to be the per- the fuckable host on PBS. Or, let's say, if they wanted to host or a show Or second
4: about, most fuckable until Charlie Rose you're, you're, dies, right? You're, 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 so what you're expecting is some sort of silver fox to come on and go, Welcome to Antiques Road Show. Yeah, or... Today on the program, a bevy of exciting items.
1: Or just someone who All seems, about bureaus! Someone who seems to be interested in antiques and collectibles. <laughs> hey, what you got over there? I would settle for <laughs> that. Frankly, I would, I, would, I would be... There are probably uh, people who appraise antiques on that show... That I would be more than happy. the The Kino Twins, of course. Uh, I think course. they do. They do a great sure. job. They they briefly. Should we host really
4: the, be na- getting deeper into Antiques Roadshow than we already are? When one gets hurt,
3: does the other feel pain? Uh, <laughs> does one transform into an animal and one
4: transform into a liquid? Do they live in Soundwave's chest? <laughs>
1: the weird thing that um, uh, the other weird thing about the Antiques Roadshow in England. Is that the uh production values of the show are dramatically higher than the American show, and I don't know like in England they go to like fancy locations
4: well, this is because, and I can tell you firsthand we're having work for p b s uh p b s puts little to no money into their productions <laughs> <laughs> little to no money
1: i was g i was about to I was about to start tapping your p b s production expertise. Yes. But on the on the Antiques Roadshow in England, they'll be like, "Oh, we're in Devonshire at the Castle of Lord Fozzlegrubber," and then the lady will take you on a
4: little tour of the castle, or like, "Oh, we're in the Railway Museum." And here it's like, "We're in Twenty Nine Palms." Yeah,
3: it's just <laughs> we're like... in a room constructed by
4: old tote bags.
3: <laughs> we're in the community center
4: in Dubuque. Yep. You know, and
1: they'll do seven episodes from the community center in Dubuque. Mm-hmm. Like, can you imagine a less aesthetically attractive place than uh, a convention center? Which is where they shoot every episode of the Antiques Roadshow. That's what Show. we
4: got here. That's what we got here. But isn't that
3: isn't that maybe also kind of part of it? Is that the viewers of Antiques Roadshow like to imagine themselves interacting with the hosts? Inspirational. Yes, right? Yes. Just, this, is, this is kind of a Hannah Montana for kind of fifty year old ladies, ladies who live in Vermont. Yep. They want and a, me. they want he had you. <laughs> they want Mark L. Wahlberg <laughs> to come to their community center or And appraise and their dance. Appra- yeah. oh,
1: they want that amazing <laughs> they want that amazing crocodile valise that was on. These oh, old geez. tits are
4: worth a million dollars. It's these old tits that these. comes on after this old house, right? These old, tits. <laughs> these old tits. That's where Bob Vila comes in and helps you spruce up your tits <laughs> and, uh, <Com. laughs> with some cum and a little, and a little bit of uh, a joint a joint compound. <laughs> right.
1: Your show, though, Chris Wired Science, <laughs> it mm-hmm. did have a set.
4: We did have a set. Yeah, we did have a set. Um, it was not. Uh, it was not an overwhelmingly elaborate set and uh you know but the, i mean the show looked pretty good Yeah, like he they shot it, it in good. hd you know it looked looked, looked that's good. the
1: thing that's the thing that i don't understand is i feel like i know that my friend adam lisagor uh who makes put this on with me i know that he can make something look really good with what appears to be a still camera from 1986 yeah <laughs> i know that it has a robot inside of it that makes movies uh but it basically looks like a You know, it should be a Canon Eos Rebel from an Andre Agassi commercial. Right. Um, And I know that he can make something that looks spectacular. And so the fact that they're just walking around the inside of a convention center with literally the, the fonts on the Antiques Roadshow, it looks like something from... From a set of collectible shot glasses from 1976 featuring hand crank automobiles. My
4: question is, how much do you think they would appraise uh, your Andreagrasi camera commercial?
3: (laughs) (laughs) But again, maybe this is a distinct... Aesthetic choice. Maybe the viewer and the donator to PBS doesn't, doesn't want a slick, fancy production. They I'll want tell you.
4: They
1: certainly didn't want Chris Hardwick's
3: they show did as not. it turned
4: and out. You know, what's, interesting, what's interesting about PBS, well, you know, there were a couple things that happened with Wired Science that made it go away. And the first being that uh, basically, KCET, which was the local affiliate, the local PBS affiliate in Los Angeles, was the studio for Wired Science. And the network being PBS. Now, the way television works is that there's usually a studio who will produce the show, and then a network that will house and air the show. Right. And so they were—they wanted to make a, a new program. They hadn't had a new program on PBS in five years. And so a bunch of different affiliates... They did of- find some lost episodes of Are You Being Served? Yes, of course. They did find two... And a couple of keeping up appearances. For sure. They uh- did a four-hour uh,
1: documentary special about the lost ap- episodes right. of Are You Being Served?
4: So what they did was they had this sort of contest where affiliate studios around the country kind of pitched their own idea. And the DC affiliate, which is a very powerful affiliate, was not thrilled that their version of the science show that they pitched mm. did not go... So there was no real support from. This was hosted by Dan Cortez. <laughs> yes, of course. Like, get Hardwick out of there. a lot of quick cuts, right? But uh, the other problem is that PBS, they, you know, they, they, there's what they say they want, and then what they actually want, and what they say they want is to attract younger viewers, which they should because a lot of their constituency is dying off. But literally dying, literally dying literally. off. But they're so. But what they, what you realize when you get in there and you try to give that to them. Is that they're too afraid to, um, to alienate their older donor viewers... So then they kind of get scared and they're like, yeah, well, fuck that other idea that we talked about before.
1: Yeah, well, I think the the big youth movement in PBS is they stop doing concert specials with the coasters and start doing concert, concert specials with the ventures.
4: <laughs> <laughs> right. That was that, That's what the kids are enjoying.
1: They make the, that big generational shift between 1956 and 1966.
4: It's a five o'clock world. But I, I think, uh, I, I mean, otherwise, I don't really have any complaints about working on the Wired Science Show. I became friends with all the Wired people. I started writing for the magazine. It was fun. It was fun. a good show, I too. Got to interview, I got to interview Craig Venter, which was really awesome and a lot of really great. It, you know, it was fun to go to work and, and feel like I am the stupidest person in this room. Like, it mm. was really kind of fun to be surrounded by people like Elon Musk uh, and, and uh, you know, tons of people that you're like, yeah, you guys are all smarter than me. So it was fun. I, I appreciate it.
1: I, I know that... I, I know There's something nice about making a show where you feel like, oh, my goal in making this show is to make it as uh, interesting and informative as possible, as opposed to my goal in making this show is to do whatever it is that a regular television show is supposed to do. Because I
4: did not feel that way on Shipmates Are Singled Out. <laughs> I did not feel like I am the stupidest person in this room on... on Pretty much anything I'd worked on up to that point in 2007 for Wired Science. <laughs> it, was a, it was a paradigm shift. <laughs> um,
1: okay, can, can I just touch on one thing that we brought up earlier, if you oh, guys don't sure, mind?
4: Sure, sure, let's get
1: serious. Uh, what happens is, Coco and Sissy are fighting, and then one climbs up on top of the other, and if you can imagine a horse... And then, if you put another horse on top of it
4: sideways. Like a tinier horse or the same size horse?
1: Same size horse. Mm -hmm. But because it's on top, its feet are off the ground. Sure. But then the horse on the bottom is walking around. Yes. That's what happens with my dogs. That's
4: pretty amazing. Is there a YouTube (laughs) video of this? Because I work on a show. (laughs) We'll get stranded
1: on top of the other dog, and the bottom dog will be walking around. While the other dog tries to put its feet on the, you ground. know, they're like sea
4: clamping each other. Y- yeah,
3: you know when humans do it, it's called the Bob Vila. <laughs> <laughs>
4: That's a very. Oh, You're talking about these old tits. These old, yeah, yeah. He, yeah. That was uh,
3: <laughs> that was a special uh, yeah. instructional segment.
1: We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse. Go. It's Jordan Jesse Go, I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris Boy Detective. With us the great Chris Hardwick. He's taking a nap over there in the
4: Gentlemen, the s- gentleman, I'm napping. <laughs> <laughs> he did have his sleepy cap on. To be fair. We The did. eye shade means napping. <laughs> he showed, the footy pajamas
1: mean napping. He showed up in a nineteenth century sleeping costume.
4: Yeah. With a little candle holder <laughs> and right. a hat, so Um
1: someone uh someone twittered uh Jesse Thorne is the Michael Jordan of overpronouncing words, and I don't know whether or not that's an insult. It seems like it's an insult.
3: Do you do stunt overpronouncing? St- I don't
1: know. <laughs> when they need
4: someone to overpronounce a word and they just can't do it, they got to bring Jesse in. Yeah, yeah. Yep.
3: I don't know. And
4: he comes I- out to y'all ready for this? Okay. Uh, do. J- okay. Uh, say anti disestablishmentarianism. Anti-disestablish.
1: I don't know how I would say it in real
4: life. I don't know. This is I, not real life. <laughs> what are we in? Are we in Inception? <laughs> this is, yes. This is the. This is. Do you have? this everyone? is this? Does everyone have their
3: totem talisman? Oh, what you do you guys call it? only well, minute has,
4: has transpired? Uh, yeah.
3: Um, okay, <laughs> We're all in a van. It's going over a bridge. <laughs> Shit,
4: wake up, wake up. Uh, on,
1: on this program, so, so you know, Chris, uh, we have a sort of Jumbotron-style sponsorship segment Genius. where our listeners can uh, uh, have us share their message on the program for a bargain price. The current price is... A hundred dollars for a personal message, two hundred dollars for a commercial message, and uh, you know, folks write into Teresa, our development director, my beautiful wife, and uh, they share their message, and then we share it with the audience, like at the ballpark. A lot of happy birthdays. Uh, yep, we had a marriage proposal, mm-hmm. didn't we? Yeah, yeah, we did. We did. I thought that was a huh.
3: I don't know. I mean, I can't. I don't know why someone would want to do
4: it like that. Yeah, no, it seems like a it's mistake. Foolish. Yeah, oh, God, what? A, how awful if she just didn't feel like listening to the show that week. Yeah, right. <laughs> Honey, we really have to listen to Jordan. George... Nah, you know, I just.
3: I'm, I'm... just. I'm going to let him back up a little bit. That's what I like to do for podcasts. If I know I've got like a <laughs> I, you know, road I a,
4: trip, I have a bunch of. Uh, other shows to listen to. I don't. Yeah. No, seriously,
3: you need to fucking listen. Do you know that Paul of Tompkins has one now? I've been listening to that. Yeah. So,
1: <laughs> um, hey, last week we even had
3: uh, a personals ad. A
1: guy named Dan in Portland uh, wrote in and said, "I these are some of my best qualities. I'm looking for a girl in the Portland area to go on a date with. Here's a picture of me. Um, Do you he, he
4: have to pay another hundred dollars for what you just said?
1: Yes, okay. he does. Yes,
3: we are. Yeah, that's Dan. the thing is you are legally bound to us <laughs> you don't every know time when we it's mention coming. Yeah.
1: Yeah, uh, but I, I mention it because uh, I was looking at the forums
3: and it looks like Dan got a date. So, yeah, this is just this testament to our way works. Yeah,
1: okay. So, uh, sponsor on this week's program, Fen Eichner. Uh, mm. There's a gentleman's name, Fen, first name, Eichner, last name. Uh, he is a masterer slash mixer. Okay. He does mixing and mastering of audio recordings. Where does he live? Uh, I don't know where he lives. However, I can tell you a little bit of some other things about him. Do tell. Uh, number one, his services include mastering, mixing, recording, and also uh, playing a broad variety of instruments. So if you need someone to play an instrument on your recording, his uh, instruments include drums, bass, guitar, keyboards, and vibraphone. No contrabassoon. Mm. What? <laughs> Um, and uh, <laughs> and he he says uh, he can do for your music the oral equivalent of kicking out a power jam inside your head. Nice. So if you listen to your music and you're like, oh man, this could really use a little bit more of that, you dropped the bomb on me by the Gap Band action. <laughs> ben Eichner can drop it. Uh, his his clients include uh, Seashell Radio, Amos Lee, Devichka.
3: And past Sound of Young America guests, Calexico. If you were really a, uh, if you really were a overpronouncer, you would have really done a number on
4: Devochka. Devochka? You also that might word. have said Kalexico.
1: Mm. Calexico.
4: Boy, I, I want to know where the Eichner guy lives, because uh, we have some other podcasts we're launching in the Nerdist family that need... Audio engineers slash producers.
1: Yeah, well,
3: go to... Vibraphone.
1: Uh, here's, here's the deal. He says his, his rates are really reasonable relative to industry standards, and he is totally willing to hook up Jordan Jesse Go listeners. Um, he says, in fact, specifically that if you tell him that you heard about this on Jordan Jesse Go, he will, quote, hook your shit way up,
4: unquote. Wow. Isn't that great? Yeah. is that Now, what is, how do you quantify that, hooking your shit way up? Oh, that's just a bump of cocaine. Okay. The price is
3: not different. No, he just <laughs> the price when you the come same. into the office, he just lays one out. He gives you a
1: little blow.
4: Um.
1: Uh. But I. I. If I don't know if people are. I don't know if people who are listening are indie rock fans, but those are very legit sure. bands. I mean, those are major national acts that he's worked with and for. Um. So you can find out more information at fenikner. dot com. F E N I K N E R. Dot com, And if you ever miss a URL on this program, uh, you can go into our forum uh, at forum.maximumfund.org and click on the uh, this week's sponsors post, and you can see the URLs of all of the s- sponsors. That is this a smart program. thing
4: to do, setting up a forum subdomain. <laughs>
1: Yeah, absolutely.
4: Got to have a subdomain. I should do stuff like that. <laughs> you got a subdomain. <laughs> but I don't. You got a <laughs> subdomain, nerd. You got a subdomain, okay. forum.maximumfun. That was $100 well spent for Fenn Eichner.
1: Absolutely. We'll be back in just a second. Oh, if you want to sponsor a free future episode of Jordan Jesse Go or uh, any of our fellow Comedy Talk po- podcasts, stop co- podcasting yourself or my brother, my brother and me, just email Teresa at MaximumFun.org, T-H-E-R-E-S-A. We'll can, be- I
4: spo- can I sponsor a past podcast?
1: Um, yes, but only if you have a time machine Ooh. Ooh. If you want to, for example Bob
4: Biela built you one when you worked at PBS, right? Uh, no, as a matter of fact, guys Let me just, uh, step into my TARDIS here Uh Which I have brought with me Oh, that's what that is Wait, you yeah, brought a that's... TARDIS with you? Yep. I was <laughs> Gonna go sponsor a podcast in the past
3: <laughs>
1: lasts so long.
4: Guys, I'm back. I sponsored a great podcast. Everything in my life changed. And I don't exist anymore. Maybe you killed one of my relatives. (laughs) Maybe you noticed my diamond jacket.
3: (laughs) You really we'll be- your Nazi gold. <laughs> your oh, giant piles sh- of Nazi gold. Sh- Shut sh- up, boy,
4: who doesn't exist? Yeah.
1: Did you sell Jordan's grandfather's body for, t- for a, to yeah. buy a diamond jacket? I
4: didn't not sell Jordan's grandfather's body to buy a diamond jacket.
1: We'll be back in just a second, not Jordan Jesse go. La, la,
4: la, 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 la.
1: It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorn America's radio sweetheart.:
4: Jordan Morris, boy detective.: Chris Hardwick guest human. You are
1: nearing a per- completely prone position. Almost.
4: Chris. I'm, I'm going to start planking on your show. <laughs> Just a second. I'm going to flip over and plank.
1: I saw. I I was not aware of, of this planking phenomenon until yesterday. I saw a picture of it on the internet. Mm-hmm. This is where a Taiwanese girl uh, goes in front of a uh, landmark and has a photograph taken of herself lying face down on the ground, completely straight, as though she was a board.
4: Yeah, pl- planking has been around for about fourteen years. Oh, really? And, what is and, it like? What? Why do it? I guess I don't know. I think it's like the same kind of thing of. You know, some people have a stuffed animal and they send it around the world. Like, oh, right. Here's sure, my, sure. here's, you know, here's Timmy the Goose in front of the Eiffel Tower. You yeah, know, yeah, I think yeah. it's just, it's just a meme. It's just a cultural meme. And the, uh, and I, I planked, uh, George Takei. <laughs> wow. <laughs> on my website. George... I, I, I was doing a talk show with him and I just planked him and I was like, well, I'll plank you. And I planked him.
1: Have you seen a picture of a, uh, someone who's planking? Yes. It's amazing. It looks amazing. That's why it's so cool. It is. It is a. It is the. It is so
4: bizarre and compelling to look at. Well, I think part of the challenge is planking on things that look like you shouldn't be able to, like like defying gravity, or planking on things that that there's a, that there's an actual physics explanation for why your body is bouncing, but it probably, but you think well, intuitively that shouldn't work, uh, but that but people do get hurt planking. Yeah. <laughs> They do. Guy died planking. People people are are
1: playing a dangerous game, I guess, is what (laughs) you're The
4: most dangerous game. (laughs) (laughs) Oh,
3: that's man. Um, (laughs) Nothing man for sport. Okay.
1: Recently on uh, Jordan Jesse Go, we have been playing these calls from people telling us about times that their parents revealed something completely insane about their lives before they were born. Um, about their their parents' lives before the children were born. Mm-hmm. Um, I was sort of inspired by the many, many revelations of this type that I have had in my life, the ones that led me to become a square as an adult. Mm-hmm. Um, and there have been some really magical ones. One was... This guy who called in recently and said his fa- he found out his father was a member of a frat that after he pledged it, he found out may or may not have been a front for the KKK. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, my Lord.
4: Well, uh, first of all, Kappa 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 is a big right, giveaway. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> I think that's exactly what I said at the time. And apparently, uh, Brian Fernandez, who's been screening our calls, uh, uh, Brian tells me that there is a call with some clarification on this issue. So okay. uh, let's take a listen.
6: Uh hey again Jordan jesse go this is Josh um I was the one who called last week with the story about my dad accidentally joining the clan. Um <laughs> you you know you, you mentioned that that there should have been some signs that uh, that it was the clan and not just a regular old fraternity. Um uh, according to my dad there was there was really nothing uh until the parties and then all Maybe not all of the parties, but many of the parties had, uh, like, the, the, they weren't mixers, because you're not going to have any mixing <laughs> with other frats when you're the Klan. Um, there were no a lot mixing. of discussions about which races at the, on the campus they weren't particularly fond of, and uh, it was, uh, oh, you went there for God. law school, so there were a lot of Jewish students. So, um, yeah, there's that. I hope that helps in any way. Uh, just, you know, side note, uh, I guess it's kind of pertinent. The clan I joined was a co-ed, gay and lesbian fraternity who also accepted straight members because they had to, and that's how I got in. I snuck in on a technicality. So um, <laughs> thanks, and uh, have another good show. Like I said last week. Bye.
4: I love the idea of, oh, I accidentally joined the clan today. Yeah, oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> Fell right into that one.
1: Taking, off the, taking off your overcoat, putting it on the coat hanger,
4: taking off your hat. Martha, you're not going to believe what I did i've had today. A, I've had a bear of a day. Listen, I'm just a neat freak. I've never seen sheets so white. <laughs> I don't know what they put in their laundry right I think is it maybe it is maybe just when they talked porox? about the grand
3: dragon he might have thought it was a d and d thing
1: yes I, I think that uh, I think that it's it's interesting that uh, the logistics of planning a mixer when mixing is one of the core things you're against hmm, that's true. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Um, no, I mean, but, you know, but I guess to them, you know, it's all relative. Like, to them, mixing with, you know, someone whose heritage is from Northern Ireland and someone whose heritage is from Wales, I guess to them that is, you know, out there and tolerant.
1: That's pretty outlandish. You're really going out on the edge there. Sure. Um, Okay, we, we we got a couple more of these revelations calls this week.
5: Hey, uh, JJ, this is Jesse from Louisiana. Uh, I know you guys are probably winding down on the uh, parental revelations, but after listening to the others, I had to share mine. Uh, after my dad had told me the stories about him going to work at the nuclear power plant on LSD, I kind of yeah. <laughs> braced myself to expect anything. But out of nowhere spark on uh, New Year's <laughs> Eve last year. He got a little intoxicated and told me about my sister that I had never heard about ever. Oh,
1: Apparently,
5: oh. he got some girl pregnant uh, about 30 years ago and uh, convinced her to convince her boyfriend that it was his. After a couple of weeks had passed and i had time to reflect on this, I then told him I'd be really interested in meeting her if he actually knew where she was. He then informed me that he didn't know that that was something that would be so important to me. If he had, then he would have told me about my other three additional brothers that I had also <laughs> never heard about.
4: See what fucking get you?
5: To date, I've never met them. But, man, that was a mind fuck.
3: I think the main concern with this situation, you could accidentally fuck your sister. <laughs> like that, I mean, I guess there's always a chance you could do it, but or I mean that... Or brother, depending on what yeah, no, I mean this guy. Into. Yeah, this guy, uh,
4: depending, on, depending on his orientation, I mean... That that, 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 that game is called Worse and Worser. So you find (laughs) out a horrible thing and then just sort of casually afterwards, like, oh, yeah, yeah, and there were actually three others. What? So (laughs) he's literally trying to wrap his mind around this one. Yeah.
1: Uh, Have you you ever met, you know, your Uncle uh, uh, Momar? (laughs) 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 Sure. (laughs) Okay, one more here.
7: Hello, Jordan and Jesse and guest. Um, that's me. <laughs> I have a story about my mother growing up that uh, was a topic that's still going on and, and making me laugh. And this reminded me of a time when I was a child. I am 40 years old now, and I was probably like uh, eight. And my sister, who's younger than me, found a hairbrush in my mom's drawer and was combing her doll's hair with it. And she was excited because she found this new brush. and It was big, and it was uh, you know perfect for combing her doll's hair, and then uh, my mom gets home, and uh, just her face, uh, she lit up, she's very, she's, uh, she got very mad, and uh, I thought she was going to kill my sister, I don't know what was going on, uh, until she took the brush away from my sister, and the handle was a giant black cock. Um, <laughs> oh. That was scary, and then my sister was handling it all day, which made me kind of laugh, um, that was very funny, and, uh, scary, I don't know where she got it, I'm from, uh, I'm from Nebraska, uh, this is pre-internet, <laughs> I have catalog. no idea where you'd find something like that, um, and I don't, I really kind of don't want to know why my mother would have something like that, still, so, thought you, uh, might enjoy that, uh, love the
4: sh- Uh, ladies like to have orgasms like men like to have orgasms. Yeah, is this just a dual-use Dildo? I'm confused. Or is it just a like a
3: novelty brush? It just
1: comes. I think it would. You'd buy it at the hairbrush store, and it would say "hairbrush" and then in parentheses underneath, with a handle that just so happens to be (laughs) shaped like a big black cock.
4: That is a lot of words to put on the front of a box. Well, I mean, (laughs) it just so happens. (laughs) <laughs> like I mean, a big, black it's guy.
1: not unprecedented If you think of I can't believe it's not butter I'll that's tell you, a very I'll tell you where that thing wouldn't have, have gone over Was
4: that other guy's dad's fraternity <laughs> yeah, yeah, That would not have gone over there That would not have gone over there
1: But what's amazing to me Is that they've taken the time to sort of Give an ethnicity To this hairbrush
4: dildo Well what's surprising to me Is that the mom would get so mad <laughs> I mean, it's just yeah. Like, it seems like you should just you should just play that one cool.
3: Obviously, right. the little girl doesn't know, right? Like, it seems like you should be like, now you curiosity. Give that to mommy and yeah. then take it away. But it seems like the yelling fit makes it memorable for life. And then when you're 12, you're like, oh fuck, that was mom's dildo. Like, and now that girl, when she's
4: older, cannot come unless she gets fucked with a brush. <laughs> <laughs> right? See, sure. the, the, those seeds get planted at a very young it's age. true
1: We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne,
4: America's Radio. Sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. I'm Chris Hardwick, man detective.
1: When you host your own television program, are you going to do it from that low in the
4: chair? Yep, slouch hosting is what I call my. <laughs> uh, it's sort of for the kids who are like, "Oh, I want, I want kids." It's me trying to connect with the younger generation. I don't want them to think I give a shit too yeah. much.
1: You want to give them some straight talk. So I talk slouch.
4: Of- I slouch down as far as I can go until it uh, compacts my coccyx mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and lets everyone know like. That guy is really. This guy can cool t- because look how he can slouch host. <laughs>
1: Chris Hardwick's straight talk with teens.
4: You know the the problem is that The chair that I'm in is a very uh, is a very old and beautiful wooden chair. Yes, and made the,
1: by my granduncle Phil.
4: Okay, well the the uh, the little support uh, beams back here, yeah. were digging into my back, so oh, I slouched.
1: Oh, I'm sorry.
4: That's okay. It's a gorgeous chair. It's
1: a beautiful chair. My granduncle Phil made it.
4: Really, he
3: actually made that's an interrogation chair for the CIA. Oh shit! You put a you put a perp in
4: there. Do you or do you have any knowledge or association with the Communist Party? <laughs> no, what are you out talking about? My spine. <laughs> I just think we should all you know have what everyone else has. Communist. <laughs>
1: Chris, you sh- really should make a Straight Talk for Teens type television program. I think you pitch it as, i teens already love you because I've singled out. Sure.
3: And you got it in.
1: Everyone's favorite.
3: That's your pitch. Yep, there it is.
1: That's your pitch. You got your Teens. finger on the pulse of America.
3: And you know, you're just talking about the issues. Smoking dope. Yep. Uh back alley dice shoots.
1: Sexting. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
4: <laughs> that's that's me recovering the singled out reference. <laughs> Um, (laughs) as you probably
1: know, Chris, uh, on Jordan Jesse Go, we ask listeners to call in when something momentous happens to them for the momentous occasions segment. Okay, we have three. Is there
4: there a song for them? No. Momentous occasions when something big happens.
1: (laughs) Did you go? There is now. Yeah, Yeah. I can use a little
4: Momentous occasions. (laughs) Shit's going down.
1: (laughs) Fen Eichner, get on that for us. Yeah. Yeah, Can you
4: put some vibraphone on that? Uh, Yeah, right? Put some
1: cool vibes on there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, We have a couple of momentous occasions this week. Let's go to the tape.
0: Hi, I'm calling in my very first momentous occasion. My name is Angie, and I'm calling from St. Louis Park, Minnesota, which is a suburb of Minneapolis, I'm a fairly new listener, and I was listening to the podcast while cleaning out my closet, which is located on the second level of my home, and I sort of thought I heard some sirens. Um, It's been raining all day, so I came downstairs, turned on the TV. Sure enough, there's a bunch of warnings for tornadoes and thunderstorms and things, but it's sort of north of my area. But uh, now this evening, as I was making dinner and watching the news recap of all of the crazy storms that were going off, I just learned that there was indeed a tornado that touched down in my neighborhood at 2.11 p.m., which was about the time that I was listening to Jordan Jesse go in my second level um, of my home in the closet. <laughs> so thank goodness I didn't get carried away with the tornado, um, but that is my momentous occasion for you.
3: You know, um, when this started, maybe it was just because we had been talking about, like, Red Shoe Diaries and Showtime programming, but when she started, I'm like, sounds like this is going to get a little bit sexy. It's
4: my first time calling. I haven't,
3: I've only started and I was just cleaning. And then when she talked about tornadoes, I felt bad about how tor- <laughs> turned on I was kind of in the beginning. Anyways. I so. lost my pants.
1: Sure. You know, Jordan, you and I are both California natives. Chris Hardwick, of course, is from Memphis, Tennessee, sure. or and environs. Mm-hmm. Um, that was pretty good Chris Hardwick knowledge. I just busted out bad. there. That's
3: not bad. Deep Hardwick.
1: Um uh we're both native Californians. We've both been through terrifying earthquakes, sure, but people will come to California and they will unload on you about how they can't believe how you live there because of the earthquake, sure and these people live in places where there are tornadoes
3: yeah, it's I feel like every i mean tornadoes happen like
1: all the time <laughs> yeah. Like, every year there's a new tornado. <laughs> or several. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, all the time, tornadoes. Like It's like an earthquake is something you figure is going to happen eventually. A tornado is something you can count on. There's, if you're in tornado country, here come some tornadoes. It's yep. going to be, is it, is it a murderous twisty cone of air or just a terrifying twisty cone of air?
4: Well, you know, but then, but then, it's sort of like you're playing the odds. Like, well, that funnel has to touch down in exactly the right place to really fuck me over. So, you're sort of playing the odds that you're—it's not going to touch you.
1: Uh, I guess so. I, I mean, mean,
4: it's not like a hurricane where. Literally just the whole area gets lifted out of the ground.
1: I'm just terrified of these things. These things genuinely scare
4: me. I lived in, in Louisville, Kentucky. I was actually born in Louisville, Kentucky and grew up in Memphis. And, and Louisville is, has a horrible uh, tornado <laughs> problem. so <laughs> Such that everyone has a separate apartment in their basement. And you, when there's a tornado, you open all the windows in the house to you know to depressurize it I guess when and then you go down to your house basement and you, <laughs> when you live said, there when you said tornado problem it sounded a little
3: bit racist it was there's a little it's bit of a tornado it
1: sounded like problem. the tornado problem was that they had started bussing poor students mm. to the rich side they've, of they've town they've started
4: they've started bup, they've started bussing darker tornadoes into <laughs> <laughs> The whiter tornado neighborhoods. I thought
3: maybe minorities were riding in the tornado to the <laughs> nicer parts, like it picked them up. All right, well, in the they can tenements. go to
4: school here, but uh, we're not picking them up. You're going to have to use the weather. Right? <laughs> You're going to use your weather machine. <laughs> Sorry.
3: There is a
1: certain appeal to me to having a storm basement that I will admit. I that does cuz you want to get into canning. You know like those those big doors that you open up that go into the ground? You yeah. know what I'm talking about? Yeah. That is that does seem kind of neat to me.
4: Yeah, that you know, and to have a separate living space that's sort of unique that's also yours that you can sometimes go down to and go, you know, I feel like feels like I'm staying in a different place.
1: A sort of a, a larger underground version of the classic podcast closet.
4: You know you, how we yeah. all have a closet
1: yeah, we go into does. to listen to our podcast? I think
3: you and Teresa just have some sick uh, thing with the movie Twister where you reenact scenes and you wanna get a storm cellar, so it's That's not sick. That's totally
4: normal. Isn't Guys F five. F5. Yeah. boy yo <laughs> Helen Hunt. <laughs> Boy-yo-yoing. Was that a boner hey, popping? Hey, Jordan,
2: Jesse Goh. I yeah. um, recently heard about your podcast from a friend of mine and listened to it for the first time today. And I got to the part where you talked about um, monumental things happening in your life. And I was like, oh, that's cool. But nothing monumental ever Wait, happened. Wait, stop this now. right now. Okay. Stop this right
4: now. This is She's calling about monumental things, not momentous occasions.
3: Yeah, she's going to talk about going to Stonehenge or something. I don't know. She sounds cute.
1: I'm going to let it slide. Okay.
3: Now she's going to talk about a tragedy, and then you're going to feel bad. Jordan. That's how all these things always work. <laughs> this could turn sexy at any time. Oh, probably won't.
2: <laughs> I'm home from work right now, and I'm in Miami, and I look to my left, and I see a guy running. No big deal, except for he is running in a full gas mask. <laughs> it's not the kind that just goes over your nose and mouth. no. It goes over his whole face. <laughs> Miami's a dirty place. Found mm-hmm. my, the thing on my car says it's 94 degrees outside. It's 94, and this guy's <laughs> running in a full gas mask, and I have no idea why, and it is crazy. All right, thanks.
4: And she started masturbating? <laughs> Didn't get sexy? When, when, did, when does the masturbating Never happen? got sexy. Um, I don't know. It might have I, been I a stoner like a ga- thing.
3: Don't stoners construct gas
4: mask bongs? I don't know if they run. Yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> they go for a jog. Yeah, yeah I'm going to go do some uh, weed jogging. <laughs> get super big,
3: do some cardio, but I'm still going to keep my run boxing. bong mask on. When I do
1: distance stuff, it's so cool. It's so much better if you're high. <laughs>
4: Cardio, because you're gasping for oxygen, and what you're pulling in is just it all the weed. Fucking weed. Yeah, it's so sweet. Dude, after like a 2K, you're so fucking high. You're just fucking
1: <laughs> dang, bro. Run dang. to the pizza shop. I think that the full head gas mask, <laughs> that's called Gas Mask Nightmare Edition, isn't it? Yeah. Like when you go from beyond the kind of painter's person using spray paint professionally face mask to the full-on, over-the-head Darth Vader shit.
4: You know, I wondered about getting a gas, a couple gas masks in my house. Yeah. Or just some sort of a... In you case, know, like, in case some,
1: somebody tear gases your house, Or something, example. you know, like whether
4: there's some sort of horrible attack, and then I think, you know, if it happens, there's just no getting away from it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No getting away. away.
1: Someone, who's, uh, someone specialty who's clothing. a date on a boat didn't go well mm. turns <laughs> against you.
4: Yeah. Yep, that's right. And you well, say. I knew that show would come back to
1: haunt no, me. No! I turned my life around. I changed a lot of things about what I do, and now I do fulfilling work. Wired <laughs> science, you guys.
3: <laughs> Public
1: progress. I'm so mad about
4: a Boat Date. Well, oh, to be fair, I don't know if WebSoup is fulfilling to work to the community.
1: No, okay, fair enough.
4: I mean, we are literally showing people exploding airbags into their balls, oh, <laughs> sure. we're providing a community. But well, that's service. about safety. That's about <laughs> okay. that's a safety message. Then there's a lot of like uh, cyst popping and um, sure mag- Look, maggots and wounds. It's
1: roughly as it's roughly as much service to the community as is an evening with the Coasters Six.
4: <laughs> so I guess that's true. That all the kids are enjoying. Yeah. Okay, uh, we got one I feel more like I've here. seen Gloria
3: Estefan on PBS a couple times. I know.
1: I don't understand how they... Why would you... <laughs> look.
4: Miami <laughs> Sleep Machine. There, are, yeah, right, there are other
1: Latinas, you know, like Gloria Estefan.
4: <laughs> yep. well, she's sort of the grand dame at this point, right?
1: Of Latinas?
4: I guess so. Do you, you think gay Latino can... men love Gloria Estefan, like... Still? Yeah. And I'm going to say, would you categorize her as Latina? Because she's Cuban. Mm. Well, I think PBS
1: does Okay PBS is definitely She might get involved in one of those complicated Cuban uh, ethnic identity Ethnic slash political identity issues Where she's like a light-skinned Cuban that was a member of the ruling class before we could, the revolution we could cast came. cast her as anything.
4: It's like how you could cast an Italian guy as, a, as an Arab right, or sure. a Spaniard yeah. or like whatever. Right?
1: And actually, in the PBS special, she does play a Spaniard. To white people, <laughs>
4: foreign is just foreign. She wears yeah. a
1: full bolero outfit.
4: Yeah, there's, 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 there's three foreigns to yeah. white people. It's like there's Spanish types, there's uh, Asians, and then uh, Europeans. Yeah. And that's it. And uh, Borat. And it. it's funny that it's
1: funny that ethnic issues came up once again, given the given the content of this last uh, momentous occasion. Okay.
2: Hi, Jordan. Hi, Jesse. Hi, Go. Um, I'm calling with a momentous occasion. This is Sarah in Boston. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a college student, and I'm home for the summer. Um, oh. And I live in a <laughs> coastal town in Massachusetts. Uh, it's pretty and much. I a had to get a girl roommate. You can get, um, and so. I went to this... Uh,
1: I just want to say, this is about to turn dark, and I don't... I, uh, I Are you saving
2: me
4: from making... Here. Okay. You know what? I you can little... hear... Yes, you're right. You can hear the trepidation in yeah. her voice. Like, something is about to uh, yeah. not be cool. Okay, here we go.
2: Uh, fundraiser luncheon event held at our yacht club, which, you know, that's pretty much the worst kind of person someone who belongs to a yacht club. Um, so that gives you a, sort of an idea for the crowd. And um, we're sitting there and the lady who's sort of running it says, uh, we have two special guests for you here today, um, President Barack Obama and Osama bin Laden. And I'm skeptical because i oh, no. <laughs> to my knowledge.
1: She's skeptical because number one...
4: <laughs> one of them is dead. <laughs>
1: yeah. I mean, look, she didn't see the body they buried it in the ocean. Maybe there was something yeah, she going pretty sure on. Obama
4: has in his rider that he's not going to appear with Big <laughs> One. <Yeah. laughs> but I don't know. I haven't seen it. Who booked these?
1: <laughs> Maybe if they said Obama and Mitt Romney. Yeah. Okay.
4: It would be unlikely but possible. It would be kind of fun, too. Okay, to. so do we want to... Do we Speculate? want to? We make- I still think there's going to be some hot lesbo action. I'm,
3: I'm <laughs> really? holding out. Why are you holding on to that? I just want there to be. So you
4: think she's the, they're, they're, they're introducing Bin Laden and Obama, and yeah. then two ladies are going to come out and, and, and go down on each other. I think she'll be so disgusted at the whatever
3: racist thing they're about to do that she'll leave and then discover a side of herself that Here, she never knew
4: existed. Here's what, I'm, here's what I'm guessing. Here's what I'm guessing. My speculation is that it, there's going to be a severely racist interpretation of these two people, like to the extent that maybe one of the yacht club members might be in blackface. Okay.
2: Osama bin Laden recently died, so um, I'm already thinking this is going to be a little iffy. And she's smart. Sure enough, out comes what is clearly an old white man dressed in traditional Arab garb with a fake beard, and then another clearly old white man in a suit. And Blackface. Yay! Yeah. And just stand there waving to us. <laughs> oh. <And laughs>
3: Hardwick. Slam dunk. I didn't dunk. know what to
2: do. It was <laughs> no. one of the most jarring experiences of my life. No, let, and, oh, um, my God. Let me say yeah, that. Wait, pretty wait. momentous. I was pretty speechless when that happened. Um, <laughs> I found kind of out racist itself on that one. It's a pretty big accomplishment for them. So, yeah, thought that was momentous. Uh, I love the show. Talk to
4: you later. Bye. So to be fair, Barack Obama's half black. So So that's
1: He's mixed race, yeah. so it's um, you mixed know, black,
4: mixed face. And I just want to make it clear that I did not say yes because I thought it was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I was celebrating the fact that sure, I predicted this Sure, you guessed it. No, that was I was horrible. impressed too that you were able it to. It is shocking to me that that still happens. Yeah. Shocking to me.
3: Here's what I'm curious. What was the content of the presentation? Did they just come out and wave and everyone laughed? Did they have banter? Was there a song? Like, what do you do? Like, I mean, I get that you can, like create these offensive
4: outfits, but did they plan a little presentation? Like, is it like a law
1: brought... school Follies show? Now, in, their, right.
4: in their little writer's room at the Yacht Club, they were like, it's just going to be hilarious enough to have them there. They're not going to have to say anything.
3: Yeah, you know, shake some hands. We don't want to gild the lily. Mm-hmm. Now, we've already
1: got this beautiful joke.
4: Who was this girl, and why was she at the Yacht Club?
1: Okay, so she's she lives in a coastal town in New England, and so she, her family, I think she said, were members of the Yacht Club. She's against yacht clubs. Oh, I want she to see made a YouTube clear.
3: video of this.
4: Anyway. There, yeah, there might not be. Yeah, I'd oh god, sure. Probably not a real tech-savvy crowd. That's shocking. I told Sh- you. Fucking shocking.
1: I told you things, things take a turn for the non-sexy Jordan. Yeah. Yeah, who's a little sexy? <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go.
7: La, la,
5: la.
1: It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. Jordan Morris, Boy
4: Detective. Chris Hardwick, Carbon Carrier. <laughs> okay. I have carbon in me.
1: Yeah, that's good. true. Good. It's a good point. Yep. We all do, don't we?
4: Hey, come on. Why well, you got to squash my glory? <laughs> Sorry. Why well, you got to squash my carbon glory?
1: All I'm saying is there's only one America's Radio Sweetheart.
4: It's true. How many Boy Detective? It's not either. me. It's Iron oh, Glass, touch. as many emailers have reminded me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: A lot of boy detectives, too. I mean, I, every, every year, uh, another, another kid puts on a hat and grabs his magnifying glass. and some gum on his shoe, right? Sets out, yep, sets out there to unseat me.
1: Uh, I had Ray Romano and Mike Royce on The Sound of Young America this week. Uh, the, number one, uh, they could not have been more fascinating, uh, wonderful, funny guys. Uh, they are the co-creators of Men of a Certain Age on the TNT Network, uh, which is an excellent show. And uh, I got the angriest email from that classic emailer to Jesse, a person who listens to the Sound of Young America on Jordan Jesse Go. And uh, it's a person who listens to the Sound of Young America on public radio and is upset that it isn't youth content. Hmm. Um, They were so profoundly uh, upset that I would interview these middle-aged guys about middle-aged guy issues on The Sound of Young America. Uh so angry, so like a solid three-inch paragraph. What of, do you think
4: that what do you think what do you think the tapestry of that person's life looks like?
1: I wonder that. When I get these cat, emails so sometimes
4: I think it's the cat-based tapestry. Heavily cat based. Uh,
1: well what what I think like sometimes I think like, oh God, that person is so pathetic that That they would spend all this time, you know, writing to complain to a public radio show about something that dumb. But then, lately, this is what I've been thinking. They're not actually pathetic. They're actually impressive. Because I think what it is isn't so much that they dedicate so much of their lives to complaining. It's just they've so dedicated their lives to taking care of business Hmm. that when something comes up that they don't understand... Uh, they, they still, they just, they just get that letter taken care of. They're like, oh, this is bothers me. I gotta write a quick letter for that. Mm-hmm. They write a letter, send it off, boom, done. Just because they take care of so much business during their day, now, see, they I... come up with a, they come up with an idea for invention, they write the patent, mm. they send it to the patent office. No, no, no.
4: They're wasting inventing time by writing fucking stupid letters to people in their house where the windows are painted black, and Anne Ramsey <laughs> in the room going,
7: Owen, get
4: my ear medicine. <laughs> like they, that is that is what their life. That is what their life looks like. Because why would you? I mean, you know, and and I, I I get hate mail sometimes. Sure, anyone anyone who does anything even remotely public, which is most people now, thanks to the internet, right. Um, you get the angry, you get the angry emails and I can hate mail too. I mean, then you start to realize it's not, it's not entirely about you. It's like you were just, you were just sort of the little hair that dropped on the landmine that was about to go off anyway. (laughs) Yeah. I mean,
1: I, I don't even, frankly, I don't even blame the guy who earlier tonight wrote fag on my forehead.
4: Uh, Oh, that was me. Yeah. I didn't do, do that.
1: You're just no.
3: But uh, it, no. but I but I, think... I don't blame the stately bearded gentleman that just came on my chest. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I see everything. It's Oh, hell. Bob Vila. <laughs> uh,
4: these old tits. There you go. He was trying to fix your tits. He was trying to. Yep. Yeah, you know, I really just feel I really just feel like uh, it's not, you know, it's not about I mean you you get the kind of vitriol that should be directed at people like Mussolini like <laughs> like, like the fact that sure. you
1: people s- who have done something bad yes not pe- just who have who have insufficient who have been insufficiently good
4: i mean i've gotten tweets from people that say i hope you fucking die horribly and i'm like is that really wow. the appropriate level of of anger. I've, I've gotten
1: stuff like that before, too. But what's amazing about it is, I don't know if this is how it works for you, still makes me feel bad.
4: Of course. Of course it makes you feel bad. You know, <laughs> and the reason it makes you feel bad is because you're a sensitive, caring individual. and You're you, a human. You're a human being, and you put yourself in the state of mind of, like, you imagine you in your right frame of mind walking up to someone and literally saying in their face, I hope you fucking die horribly. And you play it out in your head, and you go... That, that that's like the, that worst, the worst day of you your month. Like, yeah, like you will you remember that for your whole spit life. It's in someone's face. Like that yeah, is yeah. the worst thing you could do. And so it just kinda makes you it makes you sad for humanity. It really yeah. just makes you feel like you really are the you really exist in a state where you feel like it's okay to say that to people? Like I just get I get sad in a broader sense rather yeah. than, you know, that that one guy.
1: I um uh I know there are a lot of Jordan Jesse Go listeners out there right now. They're listening to this right now, and they're thinking, I wish Chris Hardwick would die, um, but I don't just want to send him that message on Twitter. Right. I want to deal with this face-to-face like a man or woman. I see where you're going with this. Maybe
3: I want to pay a small cover charge.
1: Maybe a two-drink minimum would be appropriate.
4: (laughs) Now... I don't want to give the impression that it's okay to come pay to see my live shows and bitch me out and or shoot me. I don't
1: think nah, anyone no, no. who has ever listened to Jordan Jesse go would bitch out Chris Hardwick. <laughs> come on, our listeners are class acts. They're going on dates together for God's sake. Uh, this is true. This is very true. Yes, I'm You I'm... went to Max FunCon, you remember how nice everyone was. Max
4: FunCon was a joy. We
1: have the greatest listeners in mm-hmm.
4: history. Max Max FunCon was was fun camp. It was just, just fun camp.
1: It's like living inside a hug.
4: Yep. really <laughs> In the middle of the mountains that you almost die getting to because yeah. of the fog banks. Yeah.
3: But that's what, there's a, there's an adrenaline rush. That's why it's so much fun. We
4: made it. That's, yeah. That's the excitement. We all made it. Well, some, most of us made it. Most of us made it. <laughs> right. Bill died. I will never forget the night of driving up to Max Funcon with Mike Furman at night to Lake Arrowhead, uh, where the fog was so thick that we're driving on this... Uh, no guardrail, where he literally (laughs) was walking in front of the car. (laughs) And feeling to make sure you wouldn't go over a cliff. Mike Furman became a seeing eye human. Wow. Because the fog was so bad that I, and I just slowly followed behind him. We had, we had we so, had that's like a
3: horror movie. Something grabs him and pulls him into the fog and then she's you alone in the car. And yep. then you got to deal with it. Luckily, right.
1: luckily that didn't happen in year two. But we did. I did change all of like the descriptions of like how to get there to emphasize leaving at two o'clock in the afternoon. Right. I was, because what happened was a bunch of people left because it takes about two hours to get there from L.A. And a lot of people left around 4 because the registration ended at 6. They left around 4, got caught in some going out of L.A. traffic, and then just darkness and fog fell, Mm. (laughs)
4: just now, while, while you're on your way to return the ring to the lake of fire, <laughs> <laughs> all right, you may... You will have to answer some riddles. And
1: all these people, like, I I, I went up there at, like, you know, one thirty or something like that. I'm like, this is beautiful. Like, what a wonderful drive. Like, what a joy this is. And then...
3: You have just, your scarf and your driving
4: goggles on.
1: These people that left 45 minutes after me are like, oh, God. I'm so glad I'm still alive. <laughs> Give me some hot cocoa. You
4: should just pretend that that's part of Max Funcon is like, "Yes, you're going to have the maximum allowable amount of fun because you thought you're going to die and you didn't and now you really appreciate the con ah, uh,
1: but Max Fun it's great. Well, I'm so excited about it. we Max Fun Con's coming up. Me it's and Jordan are going to great. do it. Jordan Jesse go there. You're awesome. We got a bunch of new. We got a bunch of. We got a bunch of. Uh, you know, we we rotate the people. We got yeah. to rotate the people for entertainment value. We got Greg Barrent is going to be there. Oh, he's the best. We got Josie Long coming all the way from England. Great uh, stand-up comedian Josie Long. She's very funny, uh, very charming young woman. We got uh, the Upright Citizens Brigade. We sold this thing out in January. I don't know why Not I'm. Sure plugging it but it's going to, be to make blast. people feel bad i'm excited about it but for those who might have missed you at max FunCon one mm-hmm. performing stand-up and of course with uh mike Furman as harden firm
4: that's right we did do that and then i solo am performing on uh i've named my tour the chaotic good tour <laughs> which in my estimation is the best alignment you can have if you play D d <laughs> is chaotic good it's the han solo alignment um <laughs> he's a lovable Great. rebel lovable sure. rebel um, but uh, yeah So I'll be uh, Saturday June 4th I'll be in Seattle At the Showbox At the Market And then June 10th I will be Doing two shows At the Magic Bag In Detroit And then June 11th I will be uh, in, uh, in Dallas At the Granada Theater And then June 17th and 18th At the Arlington Cinema Draft In Washington D.C.
1: And you Thank will you. have A blast of a great time If you go see our friend Chris Hardwick That's the sound of, And you know what I'm going to give The classic Sound of Young America Guarantee Jordan Sure That's great Second base if you take a date, the sound of young, the classic sound of young America, Jordan you Jesse You will touch Go, a boob. You will touch a boob or if you're a lady, you will touch a butt or a ball or whatever you, <laughs>
3: you <would> like. <laughs> yeah, what's second base? A ball. Is second base to a woman <laughs> getting is her so boob
4: touched? Clinical the way you describe it, It's like a woman with a glove just poking a ball. Mm-hmm. He was right. I got my ball poked. I'm going to make T-shirts say, I got my ball poked at Chris Hardwick. I want
1: uh, I want ladies, give us a call at 206-9844-FUN. Give us a good, solid ladies definition
4: of what second base is I think it's you. having your boob touched. No, but he's saying but, the reverse. Like, if a lady yeah, gets I a mean, second base with a no, guy. No, 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 I know, but I think, ladies
3: I think it's... Ladies do
1: it like to have their boobs touched. It feels nice for a lady, but it's not the same. It's not like a thing you're doing.
3: Yeah, but I think when you have your... When you're touching a genital, that's that's getting into third. I right. mean, I think I think I just think that. What about a butt? Does a lady like yeah, to but touch guy, a guy,
4: guy's, guys' butt? Guys don't really have a lot of se- other sensitive, sexy parts. I mean, right. You know, other than other than that business. Sure. So maybe. So well, what about their butts? Well, I don't know. I, I don't, don't know. Yeah.
3: I still think I think it's just when a boob is touched that is second base, base for both parties. You're rounding those bases together. It's not a separate T- testicles
4: thing. Testicles are dick, dick tits. That's true. Well, oh, maybe you're right.
3: Okay, it's touching the balls. <laughs> so there's that.
1: Um, oh gosh, if you want to call in with a momentous occasion like the time momentous you listen,
4: occasion. <laughs> someone put on blackface. <laughs>
1: Something awful (laughs) is happening, and I got a load of it with my eyes.
4: Osama and Obama, momentous (laughs) occasions. White
1: people are the worst type of people.
4: Stay away from yacht clubs.
1: Um, 206-984-4-FUN Is the number to call We'll be back next week With a hopefully
4: Less vulgar edition Was this particularly <laughs> vulgar For a, a, a JJG? A,
1: a Jordan Jesse Go Is a vulgar program I'm not going to try And sell it to you As Heidi <laughs> um, <laughs> Weird uh, But uh, I think this was Notably vulgar
3: Up there I mean, there was... I all, feel bad. I feel like that's my influence. There was a lot of... No, that's of... Showtime. That's sh- all yeah. of the Showtime TV network. That's what
4: started us talking about all this stuff.
1: I blame nonsense. Showtime. I blame premium cable.
4: Okay. All right. Well, I'm, I'm. it was an honor, and I also apologize for filthing up your uh, George Jesse Go podcast. Nah, people love it.
1: Chris Hardwick's uh, significantly less filthy podcast yeah. is called The Nerdist. You can find it online at nerdist.com, and soon you'll be able to see it on television, BBC America. Yes. Uh, in the meantime, you can watch some episodes of the hit program Web Soup. On the G4 television network.
4: If you don't have DirecTV. <laughs> <laughs> um, Can't watch my own fucking show. To be
1: fair, you...
3: Maybe you'll watch... There's a lot of college basketball, though, you could Whee! get. Whee! Yeah.
1: Um, uh, you can watch... I mean, let's be honest. If you just watch a television show, the odds are Chris Hardwick's hosting it. I mean, it's possible <laughs> that Dave Holmes is hosting it. But probably between Chris the two, hard of them. between yeah. the two of them.
4: I've discovered that I'm very similar to Ryan Seacrest, but with more nerds and less money. <laughs> I, I think you don't I, use a helicopter to go from one job to another. You know I actually wrote on Twitter that I was going to start calling myself C crest. <laughs> <laughs> and Seacrest tweeted back at me, "I'll parse code any day with you." And I was like, "Wow! Oh, dang! Go, Seacrest! I, I was very impressed. Hey, I was in this I fast
1: guy. fast company magazine list of the 100 most creative people in business." And uh, I was going to act like it was not a ranking until I saw that I was... Because I was like number 77 or something like that. But Ryan Seacrest was number like 81. And uh, so I was like, oh, yeah, it's a ranking.
4: (laughs) Yeah, they're going to lord it over. That's pretty awesome. They asked me to submit for that. And so I sent them a song that I made... Uh A a fake inspirational song, and I guess I didn't like it because I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) A fake '80s inspirational song called "Go For It."
1: Um, Okay, we'll be back next week on Jordan Jesse Guy. Here comes the kick because we're in Inception.